0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of Movement Radio. I'm your host Chip Hazard.
1: Ew, yeah, boy. Okay, I'll never do that again. My name is Talon Williams, and today, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to have a continuation of what we talked about on a previous episode. Uh, uh,
0: we, on a previous episode, we, <clears throat> it was our reaction to Rolling Stones' top fifty. Greatest hip hop songs Greatest hip hop songs of all time And in that We we basically focused on their top 10 And we said that we would come back In a future date And give you our personal Top 10 hip hop songs Right uh, So that's what we're going to do today Yeah um, now, now, some, now We're not technically doing
1: these Like 1 through 10 Or anything like we, that It's more Not in order Yeah um, you know, it's more of like, you know, we got our 10 favorites, you know, and then we have a couple of a couple of honorable mentions that, you know, we want to throw out there. Songs that we liked, but maybe not necessarily ones that we liked enough to put in our top 10.
0: Right, right. Um, yeah, we have a couple of uh, honorable mentions. Uh, if you want, we can run through those real
1: quick. Right. Uh, um, if you want
0: to go ahead and knock yours out real quick, or we can go back and forth with it. That's we can fine. go back and forth. Yeah. Uh, I had uh, Ghetto Boys. My mind's playing tricks on me. Right, uh, right. That was the... Uh, I, I love that song, just not enough to put it in my top ten right now. Right. Maybe, you know, ask ask me next week, and I'm going to give you a different answer. Right. That's the wonderful thing about music. It, it's ever-changing and ever-evolving. Exactly. Uh, exactly. But, but most of these songs, they they do stand the test of time for me. Right. Um. So...
1: Yeah, um, one of mine that I like really uh, tricky by Run DMC. Um yep. you know we like suck MCs, we like you know King of Rock, but for me, Tricky was my favorite all time Run DMC song. Uh, it actually, if it wasn't for that song in the commercial for the new SSX Tricky M, I probably would have bought the game. You right. know, and I'm glad I did because that's one of my favorite games of all time. Also, but yeah, Tricky by
0: Run DMC is one of my favorites. Exactly. Uh, another, no, another one of my honorable mentions: uh, Beastie Boys. Paul Revere, right? Uh, BC Boys, uh, in their in in it in of itself, that group was a a large portion of my upbringing, right? uh, And everything, and I know a lot of people probably haven't heard any of their older stuff, right? You know, like Intergalactic. That's probably yeah.
1: That's probably which ones they they heard or check check it out, but things uh, like that. Yeah,
0: I I think the first three albums, uh, License to Ill. Paul's boutique and ill communication were the best three, right? Uh, well, it was also
1: in the, the infancy stages as well, and the, it was where hip hop was almost at an apex, where, where it was continually starting to get more people involved with you know with the hip hop genre of music, and they capitalize a lot on that particular you right. know genre of music.
0: And uh, stuff. But you, you'll you'll kind of notice a a, a, a a trend a trend here with. With my songs. Right. and Even, you know, because even 15, I've got 15, five honorable mentions that just, I really love. Just mm, not quite enough to put in my top 10 right. currently. Uh, and you, you'll notice a trend that I'm going through. Right. Um, one of
1: Another one of my favorites, um, it's by an artist that maybe not a whole lot of people know about. And... Uh, He has a song that's in my top ten, but this song is called "You Never Know." It's by a band. It's by the uh, rapper called Immortal Technique. Um, The song "You Never Know" for those of you who've never heard the song before, it's basically about this man who fell in love with this beautiful woman, and you know he, you know, she helped him, you know. She basically changed his life, turned his life around. He said that he he loved her, he wanted to be with her and everything like that. And then she ended up leaving him, you know, broke his heart, all these different things. Right. He went off, you know, he got big, whatever, came back um, to try to, you know, maybe possibly reconnect. But when he goes to the house, the mother is there. Turns out that the girl had died. She had passed away, but she wanted to leave him a, a letter. And in the letter, she said, the only reason why I left you was because... I loved you so much, I did not want to give you the disease that I have, which was the AIDS virus, HIV. Okay. You know, and it was, the way that he tells the story is very, because I I think Immortal Technique doesn't get enough uh, credit for being a great storyteller. Because everybody knows him more as a politically based, you know, uh, rapper. Right. Right. But the stories he does tell have a lot of you know real life scenarios in it that a lot of people go through that we don't hear about a lot so you know definitely if you ever get a chance to hear you never know by a moral technique give it a listen it's you know it's it's
0: one that i personally enjoy right which one you got next uh next up i got wu-tang clan cream who's for the children (laughs) a little bit of cash rules everything around me exactly so um Exactly, but it. But I mean, the, the the meaning behind the song is true because if you look at it, it in the world we live in, cash rules everything around us. Exactly. Period. Point blank.
1: ain't really, not really do anything yep. about it, man. Uh, uh, another one that uh, I really enjoyed because we talked about storytelling a minute ago. Uh, "Stand" by Eminem. Yeah, was another good one. Um, the story of him being basically a portraying story of an obsessed fan. You know, yeah. and I, I I think a lot of artist kind of go through the same thing with obsessed fans and, you know, people wanting to, you know, know, wanting to touch them or get, you know, their hands on them in some way, shape or form or being so obsessed with them that they basically mimic their entire world based on the things that they hear, you know, and things like that. And basically this is what Eminem basically took the scenario of Stan and took it to the utmost extreme. Uh, to the point to where the guy in the car is, you know, drinking vodka in the car, driving over the bridge with his pregnant girlfriend, and tied it up in the trunk and things like that. And I mean, I want to ruin it for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Spoiler alert for right. a 25-year-old song.
1: Exactly. It, damn, has it been? A,
0: is it 25
1: years already? But well, that came out in 2000. 2001. 2000, 2001. Something I mean, like it like ain't
0: 25 years, but it's. Right. It was the
1: slim. Well, was a slim sh- yeah, Stan was a slim shape. No, no, no. It Was the Marshall Mathers LP? Right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So yeah, it was his second album. Yeah, so Marshall, see, the Slim Shady was 99. So yeah, it had to have been 2001, 2002, around that no, time. No, it was 2000,
0: 2001.
1: You sh- somewhere in that time frame? Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, because it was right before. Yeah, it was right before now. Okay. Uh, so yeah, what's uh, what you got next on your list? Uh, next up I got, it's, uh, it, it's kind of two songs that go hand in hand. Okay. Um, and you'll understand why. So uh, LL Cool J's Rock the Bells. Uh, the snip- Radio! Yep. <laughs> the the is behind that song, it was the first diss track right. that I ever heard. Uh, and it, it could also be credited as getting me into kind of battle rap. Right. Um, because when you first listen to it, you're like, man, that's good. Then you go back and you listen to it again and he's going in at Michael Jackson, Prince, mm-hmm. talking about he gonna make Madonna scream. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. Uh, right. And then the next... Song that kind of goes hand in hand with that is Run DMC's Peter Piper, right? Right, um, where th- they use the same beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a third song that that also uses that same beat, it's by the Beastie Boys, it's uh called Slow and Go, right? They all three use that same beat. Uh, but Peter Piper was, I mean, if you go and you listen to it, it he's basically rapping. About nursery rhymes. Pretty much, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Uh, so it, it, it's just yeah. one of those, it's like, it, 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 and then the, the storytelling behind it as
1: well. right? So, so it, yeah. Um, but I'll tell you one, though, because you had mentioned diss tracks. I can't think of a probably a nastier diss track than No Vaseline by Ice Cube. Dude, that when was insane. When he went insane. in. Oh, my God. When he went yeah. in. And, 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 and we've heard, and I've heard tracks that are just as... I mean, I, I've heard Eminem's "Girls," I've heard uh, Nas's "Ether," I've heard Jay Z's "Takeover." Like you know, The Game had one. I think it was 400 bars and running was another diss track that yeah. he had. But no Vaseline was the one that kind of like for me. It was like, ugh, like I mean, dude, it's it's such a it good lit, song. But yeah, I, man. It's it's not in my top. It, I mean know? that's why I have it at the honorable mention spot. Uh, like I think you know because it I mean as far as diss tracks go, I can't think of one nastier than that one. Honestly, right, right. Um, but yeah, so that's I mean that's all the honorable mentions that I have. It's all I got. All
0: right, you want to uh, let's go ahead and let's jump on into we'll it. We'll Go ahead and jump <clears throat> on into it. And again, this is our top ten in no particular order. Um, mine mine's kind of in a, a chronological order, right? Uh, per se. Uh, so we'll start with uh, N.W.A. Straight Outta Compton, right? Um, man, that song, uh, the, the, the storytelling, you know about it is just amazing, right? And you can't tell me when you hear that beat come on, you you know automatically you're like, yes,
1: Straight Outta Compton, crazy motherfucker, yeah. yes, yes, yes,
0: just boom. Uh, so, but also like, so I'm originally from. Galveston, Texas yeah. I was born in Galveston it um, moved here when I was right before my fifth birthday right and uh so, so straight out of Compton is it's kind of like you know I, I grew up the, the neighborhood that I grew up in uh I I was you know really the only white kid in this neighborhood right. schools I went to I was one of you know just a handful of white kids right. so I I very, very much adopted the um, African-American culture. Right. Uh, and, and I still, to this day, I'm 36, and, you know, I, I still, there's a something about the hip-hop culture. Right. That it just, it draws me in, and I can't get away from it. <laughs> I, I yeah, love it. exactly. exactly. Uh, and, and, you know, Straight Outta Compton was one of those first ones where I was like, yep, this is my kind of shit.
1: Right. Uh, I'll tell you one for me. And um, <clears throat> it's, 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 it's a song by The Game who is heavily influenced by N.W.A. Oh, yeah. And one of my favorite songs by The Game is Never Can Say Goodbye. Uh, it's off the LAX uh, album. And basically it took his three biggest influences being Tupac, Biggie, and Eazy-E and he's rapping in their styles in each of the verses, and it's basically him rapping about the night that they died. So, right. Tupac in Vegas after the Tyson fight when he, you know, got gunned down in the car. Uh, Biggie, at, you know, getting shot, at, you know, leaving the studio, and Easy E dying in the hospital bed. You know, and the way that he was able to change his voice and his dialect and his flow to mimic the style of three of probably one of. Three of the greatest to have ever pick up a mic, you know, is a testament to game as he's paying homage to these legends that inspired him to be the a, a great rapper that he ended up becoming, you know, which I think did you know the game dropped an album earlier this week? Did you know that? This week, uh, back on the twenty, back on the twenty this past Friday. Did you no, know? I didn't know. He yeah, dropped he dropped the dro- whole album. Yeah, he
0: dropped the full album. Okay, yeah, I have to look that we up. Games, to, yeah. games, definitely in my my top ten hip hop artists. Yeah,
1: I, I love games music, uh-huh. man. but yeah, that's but that's one of my one of my favorite. <laughs> Me personally it's my favorite it's my favorite game song because it has it tells right. a great story of the three yep. legends. Um I mean it's not, you know, Martians vs. goblins, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> right. Bitch. I was going to seriously
0: think about starting the show like that, but anyway, okay. what you got next on your list, uh, bro? Next up I got Easy 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 does it. Yep. Uh and, and basically the story about uh behind this song is he talks about change basically changing his life. Right. You know, he went from a drug dealer to a music maker. Right. right? Uh, there's a sign or there's a, a, a line here in the uh, first verse where he says, easy, motherfuckers cold knocking the boots because I'm a hip hop thugster. I used to be a mugster. Right. If you heard dope, man, you think I own a drugstore. Right. Right. So basically to me that he, he's, he's telling you, I used to be Yeah, this I used to be banger, this banging. Right. Right. But now like I, I've let that shit go and I'm I'm gonna be this hip hop dude now. Right. I'm gonna make these beats for you. I'm gonna make this music for you. Right. Yeah. You Walking know?
1: through the White House without a business suit, you know, yeah. you know. Uh, Curl, you know Rage. Rage. That's another game song, Dreams was another one that I enjoyed. It's not yep. on my list though, but uh the one and I'm gonna ask you this question before I get to it. Would you consider the band Fort Minor hip hop?
0: Fort Minor is definitely
1: hip hop. Then this, then this is definitely uh, one of my favorites. Since remember the name by Fort Minor, right? Um, you know, which for me, you know, and we've used it as theme music before in, in our wrestling endeavors. And uh, for me, it's a song. You know, ten percent luck, twenty percent skill, fifteen percent concentrated power or will, five percent, five percent pleasure, fifty percent pain, one re- hundred percent to remember the, the name. Pain. Yeah, um, you know. Where the first part when Shinoda said he doesn't need his name up in the lights, he just wants to be heard, whether it's the beat of the mic, basically talking about how hard this person is working, just so that you know he can, you know, show show the world exactly what he can do, and it's a good anthem for people who, like myself personally, like there's a lot of times I feel like I'm a fucking underdog in a lot of you know, right. situations, so. I always look at that as, you know, a, you know, like, if, you know, if Mike Shinoda can pull himself from his bootstraps and, you know, and make it work for him, anybody can make it work for anything. You know what I mean? So, and then for Styles of Beyond to get on it, uh, and I heard Styles of Beyond back before they got on the track with him because he did a, they did a track on the, uh, I think it was the Amplitude soundtrack. They did a, they did a song for that video game. Um, right. And that's where I first heard them, but then to hear them on Fort Miners, Remember the Name you know it, it, it's like it came all together and it was like a perfect mix of oh, uh, yeah. rock not necessarily rock but almost because it was like it was like gritty hip hop but you could tell that it had an edgy element to it oh, which yeah. is one thing that was one re- reason why I liked it so yeah I remember the name is definitely up
0: there it's one of my favorites Uh, next up for me is uh, Warren G Regulators H- yes mount up uh, the significance behind this song is it's the first time I personally heard Nate Dong on right. the track Right, uh, and and lo and behold, to me, Nate Dogg became a pivotal part of music throughout my life. Right, uh,
1: there's not a hip hop track growing up, at least in the '90s, you know, early 2000s, especially West Coast hip hop that did not include in well, some I mean, way and hey, shape or form Nate West Dogg. West Coast, right?
0: East Coast, Midwest. I mean, yeah, yeah. how many songs was he on with uh, Eminem? Oh, geez. Uh, what about 50 Cent? I mean. You know he boom boom boom
1: right. Definitely you know he you know he had the twenty one question song, song. He had you know shake that ass. Right. You know he was you know because when I think of Nate Dogg, first thing I hear is hold up. You know right at the end of the, end of the next right right at the end of uh, the next episode. Um, definitely you know someone who is you know a pioneer.
0: In terms of like he did he ever put out a solo track? Did he ever he, put out a solo he, record? He did put out a solo album, uh I think it was just one and but it didn't get a whole lot of of play, you know? Yeah.
1: Uh, and that, and that's surprising to me, man, because you know, which I guess in the same vein he could be looked at as somewhat of like kinda like in a movie, everyone has that supporting actor that makes it yeah. that, that makes the, you know, makes it look I, I makes would it say better, he's, you know?
0: I would say he's probably he, he actually put out three Solo album. Really? Yep. Uh, he put out um, G Funk Classics Volume 1 and 2 in 98 and Music and Me in 2001. So. Right.
1: Huh, that's interesting. I didn't even know he had any of them other ones. Yeah. It's
0: crazy. Yeah. All right. So,
1: so I'm going to go to my next one right now. And again, it's going to involve Mike Shinoda. Gonna okay. actually it's gonna involve the band Lincoln Park. But it they worked in collaboration with Bustle Rhymes for a song called We Made It. Uh, a, you know, very gritty song. It came in with the pianos, you know, and you know, with Mike Shinoda's verse, especially on the track, when Mike Shinoda was like, you know, when it all got started, we were steadily just getting rejected and it seemed like nothing we could do could ever get us respected. Basically telling the story of how, you know, you started basically from nothing and no one giving you a chance to now you finally, you know, made something of yourself, you know. And it's like a, it's a motivational song for me. And this is stuff songs that we also used right for wrestling when we did uh, the Future Legend, Legends of Wrestling, you know, thing. It was you, me. Uh, Chad Giuliani, Brian Rivers and Adam Adam Stevens as our manager, you know, we used to go around to different areas in the North Georgia area with that, you know, this song basically became synonymous with the group at that point Exactly. you know, and you know I was listening to it the other day you know, and I've reminisced a little bit and that's what some of these songs do, they take me back to a time of, you know, which we can't do the things we used to do back then, you know because, you know, we got, you know, a little bit more responsibility, you know these days than we used to you know right. so you know going back in the day you know starting riots and you know people getting in the ring wanting to fight us and throwing batteries and all because you had to all because you told a blind kid to look at me i
0: mean <laughs> i mean you know they should have looked at me <laughs> like why would you take a blind kid to a wrestling sh- okay go ahead i don't know uh next up on my list is snoop doll gin and juice yep right right um Man, if you just you put this on and you close your eyes, you can visualize everything this man is telling. Everything, me. everything. It was a, it was a, it was a fun. It was a party track
1: too. You know, right? It was one right. of those tracks that you listen to and you bob your head to it. You know, and you know, with my mind on my probably one of the most iconic lyrics. You know. Oh yeah. It, because how you many know, people he's you,
0: rolling down the street smoking Indo, sipping on gin and juice. juice, laid back with, with my, my mind on, on my, my money and my money, money on my, my, my mind. mind. Yeah,
1: like that that whole verse or that whole chorus is so synonymous not only with the hip hop genre but also with music in general like you go to any neighborhood black, white, Hispanic, whatever and then you play Jenna Juice there's at least at least one person of every ethnicity that's gonna know the chorus and probably with so much drama in the LBC like they will they, they'll get it you know right. what I mean there's at least one person that will know that so definitely you know a, a, a great song in and of itself uh the next one that I have is by Yellow Wolf. And the song is called uh Write Your Name. You know what's ironic? What's that? That's on my list as well. Wow. <laughs> yeah, um I, I enjoy I enjoyed the song. Um it probably it's, it's my favorite song off of the uh the radioactive album. Um I mean they he got a lot of great songs on that album too. You know, there Let's is. Row and you know Slamerican Shitizen and a whole lot of good ones. Um but yeah, for this song's particular With, you know, talking about in the first verse, you know, you know, talking about being the old man on the porch with the bottle. Yep. You know, almost like reminiscing of the good times back in the day, you know, and praying for the youth of today, you know, saying, Lord, help them and things like that. And for me, the third verse of this song is the one that always gets me. Okay. uh, Where it says, you may never be on television or be the one the boss at work loves giving you employee of the month. You may never be the star on a champion, championship team, but you may be the star of the world just hasn't seen. Immediately, like that part, I felt that. Because there's a lot of times that I feel like, you know, maybe... and I, I don't want it to sound the way that it's fixing to sound in a bad way, but there are some times where you work your ass off, and a lot of times you don't really see any of the fruits of your labor being celebrated in a way. You see what I'm saying? Right. And then the second part of that verse goes that doesn't make you any less of a star to God being rich is only realizing it's all a facade. you're richer than you think in that old small town because people like you make the world go round meaning that you know you could be the bottom you, know, you could be at the bottom of the totem pole but always remember that the bottom of the totem pole is the one that's holding everybody else up and no job is any less or more important than the other ones Right. and no person on a team is any less or more important than the next so you know and that's something that I loved and enjoyed about the song you know and the chorus itself is you know beautifully sung and you know, Justice yeah. League did a damn good job on the beat of it. Oh, and, yeah. And, you know,
0: any particular, re- like, uh, going back man, to. So, for me, it's it's really that second verse. Right. Uh, where he's talking about a little girl. Right. And, uh, you know, he, he's like, you know, she's in love. Yeah, friends call her crazy. Mm-hmm. Met him at a party. They started dating. Daddy's little angel. Mama's, Mama's little, little lady. Ba- lady, yeah. Only 16. Now, Brenda's got a baby, which is an homage. homage to you, Tupac. You yeah. pay that back to Tupac. Right. Um. But, man... Yeah, and then going you know, through the struggles of... Going through the you know, the struggles and, you know yeah. nine months down the road, what you're going to do, go to the food stamp office and apply because you can't find a job. Right. It'll help you get by, but you made it anyway. Even and you when didn't you know how. Even when you didn't know how. Now, that's a real star. Put her, her name, name in the, the cloud. Yeah. That resonated really well with me when my mom and dad split up. Right. My mom went through hell. Right. And did everything... That she could to provide for me. Right, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. So that, you know, like, that's the thing. Like, well, my mom, no matter what, she's always gonna be my number one. Right, exactly. And and that song just reminds me of her, like, you know, because I'm right. gonna put her name in the clouds. Right,
1: that's yeah, man. And it was, so. says, you know, when it talked about the you know, the you know, the, you know, daddy's a little angel, mama's a little baby, you know, and, and we got a baby girl coming exactly. in four months. So that's a, it's me, you know, a certain way too. Yep. All right, well, that is uh part
0: one right now you yeah, want to take yeah, a commercial we'll, break and we'll, we'll come take, back for the next one take a short break uh pay some bills and uh we'll be back in a minute with the second half we got bills we got bills damn it yep alright we'll be right back in a minute get my wallet And welcome back from that commercial break. We're gonna get right back into our top ten. Uh, Talent, what you got up?
1: Uh, the next one that I got up is a song. Um, I think I turned you onto this song. Uh, and I, I'd never heard this song before until I played the video game Def Jam Fight for New York. Okay. And it was the song that plays at the end credits after you've beaten the game. And it's a song called Walk With Me by Joe Budden. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, Joe Budden, you know, because you think of Joe Budden now, you know, he's got the podcast. He does a whole lot of the controversial You know what? I still had not listened
0: to his podcast. I need to get on that because I like Bud. Budden. Budden's got... He, He's got some controversial takes on stuff. He he, uh, he despises mumble
1: rap, or at least some of the characteristics of the genre. And I get it, you know, because okay. he's still in that I, old I school mind. Mumble rap, too, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I probably but would like that yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> um, but the song "Walk With Me" um, basically it's about him basically taking this journey through basically taking a, taking you through a journey of his, of his life. Um, asking everyone, hey, you know, feel what I'm going through and see what I see. If you got time, take a walk with me. Right. Shit ain't like I thought it would be. And for him coming to from, uh, Jersey, Jersey city, New Jersey, um, when he talks about, I don't know how to feel anymore. Ever since I got signed, I don't know what's real anymore. Basically talking about how no one really wanted to fuck with him until he got on, until he got signed. It's like in one bar, he says, I got cousins. I never knew that's trying to pass me their demo. You know, you know.
0: And man, and that's the way it, that's the way it is. Like, <coughs> now that, it, and it's crazy, like, with wrestling, uh, and I know this is, we're talking about music here. No, but, but, but it kind of goes hand in kinda hand. It kind of goes hand in hand. So, over the last, you know, year, where we've kind of, we really kind of have hit, like, a, a, a stride a stride higher than what we were hitting. Yeah. And now people that like wouldn't have nothing to do with us before. They're like, "Hey man, y'all come work the show." Yeah. Hey man, uh, I got a spot for you, man. Open invitation. put You on and all that. And yeah. is it really let them put us on, or is it? And they got a little bit of uh, buzz around them now. Let's get them right. on the show so we can
1: right, and, and that's and that's the whole thing. And, you know, and, and, and 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 I'm not saying that it's not a good thing that no, you know, no, 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 people no. are doing that. You know, I'm not saying that. But, but I, there I are can't. but there are those people, and I'm not just talking about. let maybe promoters aren't the really the ones that we need to be putting that discussion to. Maybe it's more. No, I fans. am putting that to
0: the promoters. Okay, for the simple fact that I can. I, there are countless emails in my Facebook. Where I have been left on red because I shot somebody an email and said, "Hey, hey, here's what we are, blah 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 blah." Right,
1: and then you hear nothing, and, and then you and start left a on
0: red. Of, right, and then you know, like I, I, I literally have an email from just the other day where I had shot this guy an email in 2015. Oh wow, right about us getting on, and it, it was left on red, and then two days ago. He reply. He doesn't reply, but he sends me a message. Hey, uh, man, uh, I see you and Talon been doing some things. We'd like to get you on the show. And you know what I did? I left, left him, him on, on red. Right, <laughs> and that's and that's uh, what you should do. But because it's it's now a show that as shitty as this sounds, I'm not interested in working for you now. Hmm.
1: Yeah, because so, we have now we have other obligations. Exactly. You know, and it's almost like. There's the old saying, you know, you should have struck the iron when it was hot. Type exactly. Kind of thing. Anyway, back, um, to anyway back to Joe bud Back to Joe Yeah, no, 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 it's good, though, because it kind of coincides with it, because it's like, there was one part of the, uh, of the song where um, he goes, dudes I don't know start recognizing me and extended a hand, and I'm tripping ready for beef when he was only a fan. And then they some brothers in my hood that they don't like how I'm rapping. Let me see how strongly you feel when I'm reaching for my weapon. And and then he asked him, it's like, should I carry a pin and pad and ask everybody in the fucking building for their suggestions? It, basically, it's almost to the, to the degree of like, you know, what do you want from me almost now, you know? And in the second verse, I never had to deal with the second verse. But in the second verse, he talked about how he had his baby mama and everything. And it's like, you know, do you love me for who you are? Do you do you also have an interior motive as well? You know what right, I'm saying? Right. Like, are you only with me because I can provide you know, do you think I'm a good father? Fo- you know, things like that, you know. So, and that was also... And I felt more the first verse than I did the second verse. The second verse doesn't necessarily affect me personally. But, but the it, affects, first, it affects a it, lot. It does affect a lot of people, though. And I think it's, it's something that at the time that it came out, I think Joe did a very good job of translating that message, you know, not just for people who, you know... Deal with the baby mama drama in the second verse but in the first verse where you finally get on and you bust your ass and all these people that that did not give a flying fiddler's fuck about you now all of a sudden want to be like yo man I, hey man i knew you from back in the day man you know they, we was always cool man it's like no we weren't fuck out of my face you know what i'm saying but yeah right.
0: you got the next one man uh so next up on my list is uh eminem like toy soldiers yes uh yes. this song resonates. A shit ton with me. Right. uh, Because all throughout my wrestling career, like, you know me. I'm always the guy that people come to. Right. Uh, You know. um, You got the look of a face like, man, he's been through some shit. I need to get some wisdom. (laughs) And, you know, people look at me as a leader. Right. and, And I do tend to be a leader. I'm usually, you know. First one through the trenches, right? Boom. First
1: one there, last one to leave. Right. Type person, right. but you
0: know that that first verse, uh, where he's like, "I'm supposed to be the soldier who never blows his composure, even though I hold the whole weight of the world on my Your shoulders." Right? You know, it's fucking true, man. Yeah, it like, is. Like I, everybody looks at me like, "Oh man, he's calm, he's cool," and it's it's all <laughs> it's always like, man, you know, chips just. You know, I'm not supposed to do anything. I'm not supposed to say anything, and then yeah. when I finally fucking explode, people are like, "Hold on, man, is is that shit?
1: You know I, what I'm I, saying?
0: And I, 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 I know, man. I'm, I'm the same way a lot of times because I don't say
1: shit. You I know? don't get involved in anybody's personal shit. You know, and I do, and you know, with I guess with. With me, you know, with my anxiety and, you know, and things like that, which I'm more or less, like, I kind of, I don't necessarily get angry to the point to where, like, I lash out at people. Like, I, I, don't, I rarely ever do that. You know, I just, you know, it's more or less like, uh, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm pissed off about it, but fucks talking about it going to change anything. And if I can't change your perception. But, right, you know, but but yeah, I, I, but I understand that, you know. And it also talks about, especially in that song, <clears throat> where he talks about the trials of, you know the beefs that he's been through in his career right you know,
0: you know the, the second verse he starts off and and I know it's it's talking about hip hop hip hop yeah. here but you can change a couple of words and it's it's all about wrestling Right. is it, there used to be a time when you could just say a rhyme and wouldn't have to worry about one, one of your, your people dying. dying yeah but now it's elevated because once you put someone's kids in it that shit she gets, gets escalated. escalated it ain't just it isn't just, it's words, just no words no more words. Or is it it's a different ball right uh, but, man, if you change that and... So, there used to be a time where you could just... You could just wrestle. Right. right? Uh, you could cut a promo and it it was a work. Right. Right? People didn't take that shit, like, serious. Mm-hmm. But now motherfuckers be wanting to fight you over... Over a work. Oh, exactly. <laughs> fight me oh, over oh, a man, work, man. He, he wrestles better than me. Like, I'm going to fuck him up. Right. Or, you like, know, he's, he's getting better bookings than me. I'm going to fuck him... Like, yeah, so this, it really resonates with me, yeah, you know, yeah. because <clears throat> in most situations, you know, I'm looked at as the leader, you know, not in like the, our tag team right. or anything. Now, some
1: people would still consider you like, I mean, I'm, I'll be honest, man, people look at you as the Sean and me as the Marty, pretty much, you know, um, although I think it should be more anderson Blanchard, but right. know, but there are some people that look at it that way. And I remember one time we were on because because now the movement isn't just you know you and me now it's you me and Aiden we have, I mean, a, we have like a three man group but we've but the it's thing. always been you and me it, exactly. you know as the te- as the tag team of the group yeah and I remember we were on a I can't remember who said it but it's like okay so who's the leader of your group and you texted back we don't have a leader we're all you know equal parts of this team you know exactly and that's one thing that people just don't <clears throat> get
0: about it you know, you know? but but people do look at me as the quote-unquote leader. Right. You know, so, uh, that line where he sa- he says, I need to be the leader, my crew, crew looks to me to me guide them. If some shit does pop off, I'm supposed to be right beside them. Right. And and I I 100% feel that way. Right. Like, like with you, with Aiden, and, and there's a couple of other people, uh, for sure, that, you know, aren't, they're honorary members of the movement. Yes, You definitely. know, but they're not, out there, like the three of us are right, and and one hundred percent. If some shit was to pop off with any of you, I'm, I'm right there,
1: right. right? And it's and it's the way it needs to be, you know, and, and for for all of us, exactly.
0: So uh, and that, that's what I got,
1: right. Uh, I'm gonna go to one that's a little bit more. It's a little fun for okay. me, and the only reason why I like this song, not because it was the first song I ever heard by him, but it's probably my favorite song by him. Okay, Tech Nine, Caribou Lou. Okay. Probably <laughs> it do. I can write it, it was literally. For those of you who don't do not know, one fifty one Malibu rum and pineapple juice. Even though they don't make one fifty one anymore, which is shit. But we'll get onto that for a day. They, well, don't, can, they don't. They don't make. Can, it. You, can, you, can, you can. You can replace it with something and make
0: it still kind of taste similar. Right. Well, you know. So Bacardi stopped making one fifty one. Right. But uh, I did listened to an interview or read an interview with Tech where he says on his compound mm-hmm. they make 151 now. Right, so uh, which I'm surprised that he haven't actually just came out with a straight bottled
1: 150 uh, or a straight bottled Caribou Lou. They do. Oh, you, I'm, you I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna, go to his website. I'll definitely gonna look that up. But yeah, um, and honestly, it's one of those. It's one of those songs. that's not. It's not really story based. Kind of. It's more like i it, it almost sounds like a cipher, but it's so funny. You know what I'm saying when he talked about. Uh, have a bottle of 151 off in the jug, one cup of Malibu rum, baby, that's what's up. Then you fill up the rest of the jug with pineapple juice, in its crack, and it's cracking. The only defect is waking up like what happened. So basically, you're taking on like a drunk journey as you continuously drink. As I, I'm assuming that as soon as, as the song goes along, you're drinking and consuming this caribou loo. And by the end of it, in the last verse, where the first thing he says is, Tarbender, I need a druther nink. Which is, hey, bartender, I need another drink. But he switches up the words to where it's like, oh, that's <laughs> some shit that a drunk person would, <clears throat> off this shit would probably right. say. You know, where it's when he talks about, um, towards the towards the very, very end of the third verse, he goes, uh, Yep, in my white tea and Nike, you might sightly siphon, hyphen, might see dry heave. Die, we shall not need ivies and sightly Siamese. And then the producer goes, tech. He's like, what? You're not making any sense, because it's what it was supposed to be. It wasn't supposed to be making sense because you're in the delusion of this alcoholic days, you know. And that's what I, that's what I find fun about it. And, and and I don't drink like that anymore. You know, I don't drink to the point to where I'm up at six o'clock in the morning, the sun's coming up, and I still got a fucking beer in my hand after drinking 17 other alcoholic beverages. Oh, I've been there, done
0: that <laughs> like
1: really too many times. Yeah, but. The song itself is still funny, you know, for me to listen to. And I, th- and I find it funny at the very end of the song, he goes, give a big shout out to Caribou Lou, because I drink it, but they ain't paying me for it. And then after the music comes off, he goes, not yet. And then he just laughs it off. So that's one of my favorite right. anyway, go, uh, ahead, go ahead, go next one.
0: Next up for me is Nas, One Mike.
1: Yes. Um,
0: yes. And, and what really hit me, like, I-, I love this song. I can sit and just listen to it. Yep. Uh, but that third verse... Uh, where he says, all I need is one life, one try, one breath. I'm one man. What I stand for speaks for itself. They don't understand. Don't want to see me on top. Too egotistical. Talking all that shit, slick shit, the same way those bitches do. Mm -hmm. Wonder what my secret is. You know, like that. And it's true. Like, I mean, you just think, like, as a man, all I need is one One shot. Right. Just one shot. At, at anything, and I'm gonna blow that shit out the park. Right, you know. The problem is, is I got, I get, some way, somehow, you gotta give me that shot. Right,
1: but and, I think that's what a, a lot of people in the in, in the world that, you know, and especially with that song, especially, especially during like the first or the second verse. I want to say it was the first verse. Um, where he talked about hood rats, don't abortion your womb, we need more warrior suits, settle the star, sun and the moon, and the life of street sweepers and coppers, you know. That's the bringing, talking about the, yeah, talking about the, the upbringing of the community at this point. You know what I'm talking about? To where it's, you know, it's more than just an anthem for just someone saying, you know, give me the chance. It's an anthem for, you know, his community of, you know, Queensbridge and everything and the poverty that he grew up in. That, you know, I overcame the adversity, you can rise up with me. You know, right. And that's a very, very powerful statement that he made in that song as well. Uh, I got another one. Um, I don't know if you was done with that yet. You know, yeah, yeah, go ahead, um, go ahead, I got another one, and um, it's kind of in the same vein as Tech 9 Um, And, you know, the, I like it as the very first song I ever heard by Insane Clown Posse, Hocus okay. Pocus. Um, just a fun song that you can listen to, you know, and... Again, like I said, I wasn't a big, you know, I wouldn't, I don't consider myself a juggalo, but I did have that sweet Juggalo Brothers poster in my bedroom. Um, that being said, though, um, there was a the very first ICP song that I heard off the very first album that I ever heard, which was Great Malenko. Um, and there's a whole bunch of I mean, Malenko is probably my in, in, it's like one A one B between that and Riddlebox, right? Uh, but Malenko has a whole bunch of you know great songs on him. You know it had the Ned Game Boogie Woogie Woo What Is a Juggalo? All these different songs. But Hocus Pocus was the very first song that I heard. You know even before I had the Malenko album. You know and you know I actually believe it or not got introduced to Insane Clown Posse through the WWF. I had had a couple of people who listened to him, but I wasn't like, well, who is these? And then you seen him on in that SummerSlam 1998, that performance with the Oddities, right? And that's when you first like, oh, okay, you know, that's the first time you heard them. But I didn't like, it wasn't. It was the first time I heard them. So I guess, I guess. Down, I guess "Down with the Clown" or that song, the obvious song, would probably be the very first technical song that I heard from them. But the first song that I that I ever heard from them, where it was like just them, not wrestling related, was this song "Hocus Pocus." Um, it was just a you know, and again, it's just a, you know, I'm Violent J and I'm back like a vertebrae. You know, it's just you know, just cipher type shit. You know what I'm saying? And um, the, the it was very funny because you know they talk about a lot of the circus shit, you know, and different things. the the the, the one part at the very end where Shaggy goes. Uh, can't give a fuck with it, forget it. I'll rip your face off and wipe my ass with it. That right there just popped me, and I was like, right, "Shit!" Right. You know. So, but, and that's just me. On, and that's just me. You know. Again, these are our personal fives. You know, these personal top tens. You know, which I, again, think because it was one of the first ones that I heard of. That's what made me. It's what made me a fan of them.
0: So I guess you know, it being, it had to make the list. You know what I mean? So yeah. That's what I would go with. Uh, so next up for me is a song by the game called Old English. Old English. Yep. Um, oh, that song! Yeah. So, uh, for me, if you guys haven't figured it out, now everything on my list is a story. Right. It tells a story of something, so, something that happened to somebody in their life. Right. Right. Um. Uh, and and for this one, it's like, so you know, for most of you, you guys know, I I kind of grew up in the hood, in the ghetto, right, um, and everything, so I, I've seen this, I've had guns put to my head uh, over over some dumb shit, mm-hmm. and uh, everything, but for this, he talks about, like, in the first verse, he talks about uh, watching his Uncle Greg put D's on a 6'4", and, um, you know, how you used to let him kill the quarter corner of the 40 40-ounce ounce bottle. bottle, yep uh on the weekend him and my pops flashed the vet till week, uh to one weekend my uncle got stabbed to death and i i've, I've seen that shit yeah you know what i'm saying it it, it, it it definitely hits home uh you know and then it comes to that last verse and it uh it, it hadn't happened to me but it, it did happen to one of my my homies uh he he bought a Cadillac you know and uh he put some some chrome D's on it, right? And uh, and he got jack for his car, right? Yeah. Uh, so the the third verse game says, "I, I bought a Cadillac, thought I was rich, banging DJ Quick on Crenshaw, got jack for my shit, took a long chronic hit, and thought about the time when I was twelve years old, and I emptied my first, first clip, clip, hit, hit my, my, my first switch, same night fucked my first bitch, bitch. thought, thought I, was I was dreaming till I pinched her tits." Her tits. She called a stray bullet Riding shotgun in my shit So, so I got a name, name Tatted, Tatted in, in old English, English. Yep You yep. know Yeah And uh, Man it, it just like Man it hit home man. Right I was like Right Like I seen that happen to my homeboy And I was like Oh shit Yeah You know Like it, my, my dude the game is Is rapping about Some real life right. Shit And man that's what I love about Hip hop music, like really, the storytelling of hip hop music. Right. Like, I, I'm not a huge fan of mumble rap at all right. because for me, like, there's no story to it. They got some fire beats. Don't yeah, get me wrong, definitely. But, but the lyrics they they mean mean shit to me. Yeah, they don't
1: because because all of them are. It, I find it so weird that the NWA, you know, that was that was during like the crack era. Yeah. And then you moved on into, like, the 90s and with Dre, you know, and then we, to, like, what we talked about, the, the weed the, era. The weed era. And now it's, like, popping zannies and doing mollies and shit like that, like, prescription drugs and shit, you know, which you can't outlaw prescription drugs because, you know, big pharma. You know what? Conspiracy Theory episode. We'll talk about that <laughs> later. Got to get me on a rant. Anyway, all right, so for my next entry... I'm gonna talk about one another Eminem song. Okay. Um, One that kind of resonated resonated with me. Uh, It's a song called "Sing for the Moment." Okay. And it was it was sampled. I don't I don't remember if it was on Curtain Call or if it was on the Eminem show. Uh, Um, I think it was Curtain Call. I think it was. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, they basically he basically sampled uh, "Dream On" by uh, Aerosmith for it, and the and with the with the lyrics of you know. Especially in the third verse where he, where he talks about, you know, they said music can alter moods and talk to you, but can it load a four five for you and pop it too? Well, if it can, then the next time you assault a dude, just tell the judge it was my fault and I'll get sued. Basically saying, yo, you know, we're entertainers, you know, and you know, and what you choose to do with your life, you know, because all of this is is music, you know, and and also in that same verse, he goes, um, I'm gonna try to remember what he said. He's like, we do it for the kids who don't have a thing, who don't have a thing except for a dream in a fucking rap magazine. Who host pinup posters on the pol- on the walls all day long, idolize their favorite rappers and, and uh, learn all their songs, or anyone who's going through shit in their lives when they sit and they cry at night, wishing they die. Till they put on a headset headphones and they sit and they vibe. It might not mean shit to you, but we're the shit in their eyes. Exactly. And it's like because what we were talking about when we did the one more light episode, where. There are certain songs, certain, you know, things that you can listen to, and it puts you in a place of, again, empowerment, you know, being cathartic about it, you know. And in the first verse where it says these ideas of nightmares, white parents whose worst worst fear is a child with dyed hair and who likes earrings— like no matter what they say there's no bearing. It's so scary in a house that allows no swearing, you know, with all these different things. And by the right. way, by the way, you can ask Chip, and he, he can he can put hand to god of this. I'm not looking at a piece at anything. Like this is all shit that I've remembered. Um, and you know, for him to continuously talk about the impact that hip hop has had on the on the
0: nation and on the community and stuff like that, I, and how I think for we, him they it's get more... I think, I think for him, it's not really about what hip-hop has had. But it's what he has had. It's what he has had as a white rapper. Because before then, it there was a stigma if you were white and you listened to hip-hop,
1: right? You were considered, you know, like, mm-hmm. a poser or
0: you were considered someone a wannabe. Right. You know, people uh, you and know, stuff. And then when Eminem yeah. came out and blew like he did and still does, and right. then it became a little more socially acceptable... For excuse me, for, for white people to listen to hip hop music. But but here's the thing though,
1: Eminem, you know, and I know a lot of people. There's gonna be there's gonna be different there's gonna be a difference of opinion about this one because a lot of people would credit Eminem for having the explosion, and, and he said it. You know, here's a concept that works. Twenty million other white rappers emerge, but no matter how many fish in the sea, they'll be so empty without me. Like what he said on the uh, "Without Me" uh, song, right? But People are acting like they, 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 there weren't any white rappers before Eminem. You know, Third Base was a white rapper. Vanilla Ice had Beastie come out the Beastie Boys. You but know? here's
0: the thing. None of them were talking about the source material that Eminem was talking right. about. Right. Well, I mean, and also when that's you're produced by thing.
1: Dre. And that's the thing. I, the Beastie Boys grew up in New York. You know, I don't know where where you know where the other ones. Vanilla Ice grew up, I think, down in Florida or something I think like it that? was Florida. Or was it Detroit? And no, I think it was, uh, it, 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 it yeah, was but Eminem talked about, you know, growing up basically the same, basically he grew up in what is known as the trailer park, Yeah, you know, so he, you know, has that, you know, trailer park mentality almost still, you know what I'm hey, saying? Exactly. Even at this day and age, he still keeps, he doesn't forget where he comes from mm-hmm. growing up in, you know, Detroit and things like that. But like going to like other songs that he would talk about different things, like when he went with like the song, uh, I never knew. Um, where he talked about I don't make black music I don't wait I don't make white music I make fight music, you know and then yeah. and I and I was close and this is a, like Sing for the Moment's my favorite Eminem song but my second favorite one is a role model which was like you know it was a role model where where that was he on talked his to, first album yeah it was on his first, it was on the Slim Shady LP where he talked about because um, you bring it back to the white rapper concept where um, he goes uh, some people only see that I'm white ignoring skill. But I stand out like a green hat with an orange bill. I don't get pissed. Y'all don't even see through the mist. How the fuck can I be white when I don't even exist? Basically saying you ain't even looking at me
0: right? A, as a serious rapper because of my skin color. You exactly. know? So, But, but aside and, and from... Now, it, 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 see, what's ironic about that is he said all that, right? Mm-hmm. And now in this day and age in 2019, he's, he's considered, considered the best rapper a lot. Yeah, you know, a lot of people
1: cuz people people have their own top 10s and their own you know, I would things. consider
0: him current maybe even of and I hate the term greatest of all time. Yeah. But because
1: that's that, that's, the, that's that's assuming you
0: can look into the future exactly. Yeah. but I I would personally consider him the greatest to this point. Right, and there's a lot of really good ones, a lot of, of great ones. Right, but if we were doing a top ten right now, if we're doing a top ten right now, Eminem was Eminem's number one, one definitely in, in my opinion.
1: You know, but, but you know the top tens for anybody's top ten is always going to be the, in the same. It's you it's can all have two. Tup- you can have yeah, you can have Tupac up there. You can have Bi. You can, you can up there. You can have Jay Z, Nas. Rakim, you know KRS One. There's a whole lot of ooh. Could you imagine if they were battle rapping KRS One and Eminem and battle rap?
0: Bro, Man, speaking of KRS1, that
1: would that would be we would celebrate hip hop
0: forever in that. Yeah, vein. speaking of KRS One, uh, it's not on my list, but I was uh, sifting through YouTube, you know that wormhole of YouTube yeah. last night, and uh, came across a, a new song. With, in 2019, yes, it's KRS-One, Zach De La Rocha. From, from Rage Against the Machine, and uh, another dude. Hold on, give me two seconds, and uh, I'm not gonna play anything for you, but I'll pull up the the name of the song. Yeah,
1: due to due to copyright infringements, and you know us not getting in trouble with other you know source materials and we don't have money to pay whatever record label these people have put on there if it's independent right. we ain't got money to pay you guys trust me exactly um, you know cause we're just two little lonely you know indie workers from north Georgia <laughs> we, we, trust me we ain't got no money so None. you know uh, yeah, I'll be lucky so if I'm able to get something
0: for Christmas this it's year it's uh did you find it yeah it's uh it's called Last Emperor or uh CIA criminals in action it's uh Zach Della Rocha, uh One, and the Last Emperor.
1: Huh.
0: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got so, something
1: to listen to on the, uh, on the on the on the run this afternoon.
0: Yeah, all uh, right. so it, I mean, I thought it was pretty good. Uh right. it came out, it was published November the 8th of So very recent. So yeah. yeah. Um so. Okay. Yep. Uh all right, so what you got next, brother? Uh next up I've got uh, Dr. Dre talking to my diary. Right. Uh, and if you have not heard this song, it's off of his last album, latest album. Uh, we never know if it's gonna be his last or if he's gonna do something else. Uh, I, I was looking. You at might some as well stuff. say.
1: You might as well say that was detox. Honestly, I mean, because uh, I mean, unless he's still, unless they're still pushing well, detox. I don't
0: know if they're still pushing detox, but I did. Uh, Listen to an interview with Fat Joe. He's got a new album coming out uh, this month, month of December, and he uh, has a song on there with Eminem and, and Dre. Dre. Yeah. So, um, but man, talking to my diary, and it, it's basically it's it's Dr. Dre like telling you the story of his life, right? Uh, and and what really hit me was in the third verse. I'm sorry, the second verse. There's two parts to it. Uh, so, at the first, he, he says, I used to be a starving artist, so I would never starve an artist. This is my passion. This is where my heart is. Is It gets the hardest when I think about the dearly departed.
1: And when you hear that, even if that's all you hear, the, honestly, the first thing you think of is easy. Well... You would think easy. Right. You know, because of his connection with easy and, you but, know... So, oh
0: man, you know. the reason this resonated well with me is be I'm gonna go back to wrestling because wrestling is a huge part of our life. Right. Um where he said I used to be a starving artist so I would never starve an artist. Right. Um as a guy who runs a wrestling show on top of being a an active independent wrestler. Right. right? Um I do, you know, uh we do the the wrestling show as a youth outreach program. Exactly. Um, And there's so many of the youth that we've reached out to that we've got them off the streets because of that. And, you know, so for that is, uh, you know, for me, I used to be a starving artist. Right. You know, trying to make it in wrestling. Uh, So now... I'm helping other people try to get to that point to where they're not a starving artist anymore. Right. Uh,
1: Which is good because you know because you, you're giving them another place to hone their craft. You're giving them, hey guys, this is my ring, and I'm not saying this is a great. I'm not saying this is a, a big show because you know we don't do it. F- you know for the money. You know we do it to get these kids off the streets. Right. But we have this. If you want to work on. Character development. If you want to work on in ring moves, if you want to work on psychology, if you want to work, we can on do that. Working with the crowd, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's very, very good. And I want to, I'm not going to say it's up there to that point, but if you kind of think about it a little bit, your the EWA is almost in the same vein, almost like a farm system. If you think about it, like almost like a feeder system to other maybe possibly bigger shows in the area like a TWE or an RCW. You can call Jaden and say, hey man, we got this guy down here, man. You know, we think that he's ready for a bigger audience or we think that he's ready to, you know, for more, you know, mainstay, you know, opponents and things like that. You know, and that right. way it's giving, it's helping, it's 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 helping the community, not just in Chattanooga, but the whole wrestling community as a whole. And you know, being able to reach out for people and doing stuff like that. Right. But anyway, so back to Dre.
0: Uh, back to Dre for a minute. So then the, the the second part of the verse. Uh. He says, like the dude I started with, and, I, and I'm changing that word because I don't want to get any uh, negative connotation. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna change. It. He he says, uh, the N word here, uh, but I'm gonna change the N word to dude. Just for the purposes of this podcast. Right. Uh he says, so like the dude I started with, I know Easy can see me now, looking down through the clouds, and regardless, I know my dude's still proud. Right. It, it's been a while since we spoke, but you are still my folk. We used to sit back, laugh and joke. Now I remember when we used to do all nighters, you in the booth and cube in the corner writing. We're ran out. Shout out to the shout out to my dude Yella. Damn, I missed that. Shit. A dude having flashbacks. he talks I mean for that it's like he's reminiscing he's reminiscing and for me that happens so much like just a couple of years ago we had uh, a friend of ours Adam yeah who uh passed away unexpectedly he'd went out uh for his birthday and some shit had happened um he
1: ended up getting put he ended up getting put in a diabetic he ended
0: up going into a diabetic coma and he never recovered um and there's so many times that I just sit back and I reminisce about like the shit that we would do together. Exactly. Uh, and not, not just wrestling. I mean, we would, he would come over to my house and hang out him and his girlfriend at the time, uh, and their son Gage. Yeah. Uh, and then when they split up and his, his new girlfriend who he eventually married Whitney and they had a son Isaiah and those two, two little ones are like my nephews and, uh, Man, I don't get to see him as often as I'd like to. Well, let me tell you, I'll tell but you, I, yeah, I'll, you I'll tell know, you this: this song, when I sit back and you know it, it just kind of takes me to that place. It does, man. You know I, what I'm yeah, saying? dude, it,
1: it, and it's crazy when your past comes back and hits you. We uh, a couple weeks ago, me and and Amy took Malachi to the jump park, and we're we're waiting in line, and there's a kid that's well, couldn't be, I and mean, he's a young teenager, just walks up to me, puts his sh- Uh, elbow on my shoulder and says, hey, Bubba, what's up? And I'm like, who the fuck calls me Bubba other than my family? And then I look up, and at first I was like, who are, holy shit, and it was Gage. Dude's my height now, and it's like, I remembered him when he was like my knee high, you know what I'm saying? And he gave me a big hug, gave Amy a hug, and Malachi's looking like, who is this guy? And I'm like, and I said, you know, this is Gage, you know, you remember Gage, and my son's like, I don't remember Gage, you know. And uh you know he's he's living up in Udiwa with his grandmother now so right. you know he's he's doing good there you know and um you know I I didn't want to take it to that point of asking him about Adam cuz I don't know where his where his level of um uh, what's the word I'm looking for his level of like coping if, if he's still coping with it or anything like that right right as I don't want to bring you there anything like that you know and he played you know he played with Malachi that day they were doing flips in the phone pit and stuff like that so right you right. know he you know he you know he you know and I found him you know I found him on Facebook and everything so you know we I'm trying to you know at least keep up with him make sure he's doing good still you know so um, you know but Okay, I'm getting back on this. Right. So,
0: you want, what, you, what you got next? All right, I, ne- I got one more. I think you got
1: two. I got two. Um, right. One of my favorites, um, and I actually did, never really heard of this. They were an older group, uh, Jurassic 5. Yeah. And they had a song called Jayu. And I don't know what that means, but they just called it Jayu. And it starts off with that almost like a flute type. It's like do 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 And. I first heard it on a PlayStation game called Grind Sessions. Remember that game? Right. It was almost like a, it was a shitty rendition of Tony Hawk games because they tried to capitalize on the. Um, explosion of that genre, but even though the game was kind of, yeah, the soundtrack was always cool. And one of right. my favorite songs to listen to was Jurassic Five's "Jaw You." And it, if you listen to it the way that they sing, where they collaborate and like at some points it's like acapella singing almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's very reminiscent because when you listen to it, and I don't know how far back it goes, but it reminds me so much of like the old school hip hop b boy, you know dancing on top of the cardboard boxes type music it's very b-boy s style you know with the rhymes and stuff it's uh, where we're gonna come in the very first thing off the top is like we be the crew guess you the jura you know we in the place to be don't stop the rhythm that makes your finger snap you know uh, you know, a very reminiscent of like the old school, like Run DMC, exactly. you know, funk, you know, Fab Five, Freddy, yeah, yeah. you know, type shit. You know, and it, it it's 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 old school, but it had a mixture of the newer stuff that it was almost up like a blending of the two styles of the old school b boy style and then the new coming of age, almost like Boogie Down Productions, oh yeah, and yeah, a tribe called Quest and people like that. Yeah. that's that's where I, and it's like. Man, like that for me is what resonated with that, which made that song you know incredible, and it's still to this day one of my favorites. All
0: right, hey, uh, what you got? Uh, actually, I'm gonna uh, go ahead and I'm gonna let you finish out yours. Okay. Uh, for the significance of my last song, which is
1: okay, you, okay you, right. you,
0: you'll understand. Okay, okay. W- once I get into uh, it, but go ahead and finish yours. This out.
1: this one um is again it's another one by Immortal Technique, uh, and it's a song called Dance with the Devil, and it's a song. That is almost like a cautionary tale when you listen to it. Right. Um, You know, it starts off very, very, you know, with the pianos and things like that. Almost like it's drawing you in. It almost sounds almost like a bedtime story in a way, you know, because of the way that it lulls you in. And it says, I once knew a dude. His name was William. His primary concern was making a million, being the illest hustler that the world ever seen. He used to fuck movie stars and sniff coke in his dreams. Corrupted young mind at the age of 13. Never had a father and his mom was a fiend. So basically, he's telling a story about a young man named Billy, uh, a young man named William, who is basically falling in love with the Scarface, you know, fantasy of, you know, you know, being this big time drug dealer, getting all exactly. the women, things like that. And, you know, at one point in the first verse where he goes, he got locked once and dis- didn't hesitate to squeal. So none of the brothers on the block would think he was real, you know, things like that. So almost like he had to prove to himself that he was man enough to be amongst these People who he, like but, but, but the OGs that he sought after. Right. You know, and a lot, and it, and it affects people away because he never had a, it says he never had a father and his mom was a fiend. So with a father figure not being in the home, he looked to other people to be his father figures. It just so happened to be the drug dealers in his neighborhood that he would look to, you know. And at one point later on in the song, and, uh, I don't want to spoil it, but if I don't tell you why it's good, you, just listen to it. turns out, you know, it's like, well, you need to do something to prove you're cold-hearted. You know, you're going to go with us, and we're going to, you know, we're going to rape. You know, their words, you know, we're going to rape a bitch. Right. Finds a woman, you know, walk on the way home from work. They grab her, beat her down, take her up to the, you know, they put a bag over you know, put a, you know, cover her face you know, up, taking her to the rooftop. They all took a turn raping her. And then they said, okay, you need to kill her because she's a witness, you know. So, and then it said, and then the final verse, the second half of the final verse goes, as he was about to pull the trigger and ended her life, he thought about uh, the the chains and the platinum and ice. He felt strong standing along with his new brothers. He cocked the gun back, pulled back the shirt cover. But what he saw made him start to cringe and stutter because he was staring into the eyes of his own mother. And that was the twist in the song that we're like, what the Fuck like yep. the woman. And it said that, you know, the, he you know, they, she cried more painfully than when they were raping her. You know, it's like you turned your back on the one person that loved you. And then, and then one part that got me was when he goes, he cried to the sky cause he was lonely and scared, but only the devil responded because God wasn't there. And then what ended up happening was he jumped off the building and he died with no. So, but then the, the next part was also another twist where he, he goes, Listen to me because the story that I'm telling is true. I was there with Billy Jacobs and I raped his mom too. So now, now the, the story t- comes to where he's telling the story He's telling the story from the perspective of, the, of one of the OGs that he used to admire and come up with. And he goes, and now the devil follows me everywhere that I go, being the cautionary tale of, you know, be careful. Because it says when you want to dance with a devil, it could last you forever type deal. Right. And the story of it, behind it, and it's like a seven minute long story that you that it tells through the music. You know, But the chorus is always like, everyone try to be trite but never pay the consequences. You probably only did a month for minor offenses. Ask a dude doing life if he had another chance. But they're always the, the wicked ones that knew it advance dance forever with the devil on that cold cell block. That's what happens when you rape, murder, and sell rock. Because devils used to be gods, angels that fell from the top. There's no diversity as long as we live in the melting pot. Which is, you know, that whole verse is like, well in that, that course is like it blends it all together as bridging the stories in between and it's like my god you know because right. it's it, and again it's a cautionary tale of like if you want to live that lifestyle it's going to drive you to jail it's going to drive you to suicide it's going to drive you to make it this it's going to it's going to drive you to hurt people that you don't want to hurt you know and um it's definitely a song that like as far as the storytelling aspect of it great storytelling you know and as far as the cautionary tale that it provides you know, I think it's it makes for a it makes for a great you know storytelling. I think you know, and, and it's and, and it is one of my favorites. Right. All right.
0: Uh, so the last one on my list, and it's probably if I had to put these songs in order, this would be number one. Okay. Uh, and it's so apropos that we're recording on today. Uh, and this song is my number one. Okay. Uh, so for most of you out there you know I lost my mom 3 years ago. Yeah. Today's her birthday. Mm, yeah.
1: And we're recording on December 5th, 2018.
0: 2019. 2019, I'm sorry. Yes. Um so the song is Tupac's Dear, Dear Mama. Mama. Yeah. And uh the the one verse, like the, the whole song resonates with me. I mean, more to this day than ever. Right. But uh, the third verse is what really does it for me. It says, pour out some liquor and I reminisce because through the drama, I can always depend on my mama. Right. Uh, And when it seems that I'm hopeless, you say the words to get me back in focus. When I was sick as a little kid to keep me happy, there's no limit to the things you did. And all my childhood memories are full of all the sweet things you did for me. And even though I act crazy, I got to thank the Lord that you made me. There are no words that can express how I feel. You never kept a secret, always stayed real. And I appreciate how you raised me and all the extra love that you gave me. I wish I could take away the pain. If you can make it through the night, there's a brighter day. Everything will be all right if you hold on. It's a struggle every day, got to roll on. There's no way that I can pay you back. But my plan is to show you that I understand. You are appreciated. Right. Uh, So there's that. Yeah. Uh, And then knowing that at the age of 13, my father became a crack fiend. Right. Right. And my mom left him and she took me. And it was literally like, so my mom is, she, she was 20 no 42 years older than I was right okay right uh, she was she was born was a no 41 years older than I was so she was 41 when I was born my mom was born December 5th 1942 I was born June 18th 1983 right uh, so at, at the tender young age of 50 something my mom went back to work. To provide for me, right? Uh, and she will never understand how much I appreciate that, right? You know, growing up as as a kid, who I had, I mean, I basically I didn't have a father. You know, it was just me and my mom for most of my life, and uh, you know, when I became of age and was able to go to work and everything, like. Every waking minute I spent trying to show her how much I appreciated everything she had done for me throughout my right, life.
1: Right, right. Um, oh. Your mom so. your mom's a great person, dude. You know, and you know, even when even when, you know, when we start when we when we first started hanging out, you know, when after we you know we went through the trials of, you know, going through wrestling, training together and everything and Hell, there was a time where I actually pretty much lived at your house for almost two weeks or so. Oh yeah, and every morning, you know, I would, um, I would get up and I'd walk into the kitchen, and your mom would be sitting there smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee, and, and I that would was sit long. and I'd sit down with her, and we would sit there, and we would literally. There was one time I, was, I think it was on a, I think it was, I think you were still working at the video store on uh, Fifty Eight. Yep, and you. I would stay and you would go to work. I would get up and I'd drink coffee and smoke cigarettes with your mom at the kitchen table. And we would sit there and talk about everything, dude. I mean, like, no matter what it was, whether it was religious, if it was political, if it was. And and the thing about it was, though, is that she didn't, she made, she made me, and, you know, and and I still have my mom, you know, and I love my mom to death, but she made me feel like I was part of the family, you know, and that's the one thing that I appreciated about her so much is that, you know, she could have easily said, she could have easily looked at you and said, I don't want this crazy motherfucker staying in my house, right. you know, but she welcomed, you know, welcomed me with open arms the same way she welcomed when, uh, when, uh, when our buddy Diablo, um, hurt his leg, she, you know, was like, he can stay here, you know, and yeah. we'll take care of him and everything. And
0: there, you I know, mean, th- that's just the way mom was, Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know, and then she,
1: just, yeah, and then she started coming to um, the wrestling shows, and you know, being a big, big, big part of the help with you, man. You know, it was she was the uh, front door and everything, and yeah. she was always a presence there at every show. I remember, um, and, and, and it's so crazy because I right before my uh, right before my Facebook got hacked earlier this year, I was going through memories um, that lasted a while, and it came, it got to a point where I was reminiscing about a match that I had had and I'm going to go ahead and name drop the match that I had with Billy Gunn. Yeah. And got done with the match and I had a lot of people that were commenting on hey man, you know, good job, blah blah blah. When your mom sent her message to me, she said I couldn't be more proud of you. That was the best match you've ever had, blah blah blah, and I was like, I don't know what it is, but out of every single comment like that was the one comment that stuck out to me the most because your mama didn't have to say anything about it, you know, because she would have just been like, oh, that's just talent, you know, and, but it was that moment where she was like, you know, it was such a great job, and it was such a fun match, you know, and I know, because when we had the memorial show for your mom, um, you know, when, because it was like, the matches that she always liked to see, she liked watching you and Johnny Rock wrestle, and she liked watching me and Warren wrestle. Right. So that was the, the the semi and co, that was the, those were the, the semi main and the main event of that evening, you know, and, I think we did Mama Proud on that one. You know, she wasn't known as Joanne. She was Mama Hazard. You know what I'm yep. saying? So that's what everybody called it, you know. Um, but, man, yeah, I miss her, dude. You know, I wish she was still here. With, I know you do, you know, and I yep. know them. You know, I know them. But but here's the thing, though. You, and, and this is going to turn completely different, but you, you, car- you carry on her legacy now because, you know, she was always so kind. She was always so giving, and I can, I mean, I can tell you straight up, dude, she's looking down from heaven right now. She's got the biggest damn smile on her face because of the way that you have turned out, you know, being a a good father, a good husband, you know, providing, you know, good way, you know, for Jesse and the boys, you know, she's very, very proud of you, dude, and, you know, for, for, for you to come along this far, dude, it's a blessing, man, you know, and, you know I miss her you know I know you do and uh, we didn't really want to end this
0: on a sober nope, note didn't, but didn't want whew. to uh, man I uh, one more light part two here we go <laughs> <laughs> right yeah um, but yeah but, man nah no. Nah, but I, yeah man it was whew. yeah uh, right. man yeah. I, I really appreciate you guys coming on this journey with us it's our top ten, and it did get a little sentimental there, there near the end. Yeah. Uh, and it may not have gotten so sentimental had we not been recording the day that we're recording. Right. Um, but 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 you know what, though? But Kinda it like, seems so apropos. Right. That's
1: what I'm saying. Because remember when we tried to do the horror movie podcast, that file got corrupted. And then we ended up yep. uh, recording on Friday the 13th.
0: The same thing m-
1: happened. Maybe this was oh. God's way of saying... We had to do it here, especially with your number one being, you know, Dear Mama by Tupac. Right.
0: So, um, anything else you got you want to say? Uh, nothing. I think we got pretty good. I think I like a, I like a lot of the songs that's on your list. I um, like a lot of the songs you know, on your list, but it's it's ironic that, you know, it's
1: you we know. only had one song that we actually agreed upon. Well, it's as, far as in, our, in our top tens go uh, when we well, had Yellow Wolf's Write Your Name. Right.
0: Um. But, you know,
1: a lot of these songs can easily, you know, like game, you know, Yellow Wolf, Eminem, you know, kind of similar, and yeah. you know,
0: you know, we can, I could, I could take Talon's list and make a playlist out of it and listen to every one of those songs, right? Even and even the honorable mentions, yeah, even you know, the honorable mentions, and I think he could probably do the same with mine.
1: Oh yeah, oh definitely, so. definitely, I'll probably. Matter of fact, I'll probably trade which and then was like, hey, well, let's go ahead and make the playlist now. Right. You know, and then, then as soon as we get our YouTube channel up and running, MovementRadio.tv, we're gonna try to uh, probably put some list on there, maybe underneath, you know, different, you know, things. We're gonna have reaction videos coming yeah. soon, so
0: so that's something else we're working yeah. on. Uh, throw that out into the uh, into the world, um, see what God does with it. Yep. Uh, so with that being said, please do not leave without leaving a like, comment share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. With that being said, I'm Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams. And and this this is is Movement Movement Radio.
1: Radio.